What's up everybody? This is Word of a Rebel and I have seen a man get shot. I've also had people die in my life who were murdered. I've also had people try to commit suicide. Um, I'm realizing now the, the multitude of experiences I've had that included violence at different points in my life. And the reason I'm speaking on this today is because we know for a fact that we have got to find a solution for ending violent crime. And I want to offer a, a suggestion based on human psychology and our current social system. So let's think about risk-taking behavior because risk-taking behavior is something that occurs in every person in every population around the world. What is it that motivates risk-taking behavior? And there's a couple of different factors, but one core factor is when you don't feel like you're going to lose anything, when you don't have anything that you value that would be put in jeopardy by the behavior you're more likely to participate in the behavior right this is the reason why you know children and teens are more likely to participate in certain risk-taking behavior because you know they're not nothing is at risk for them it's part of the reason why I think as adults we become what I guess people would call more tame um, because you know you're not necessarily going like people are less likely to want to jump out of an airplane at a certain age because they feel like, okay, I have more at risk, right? But think about it in terms of like other things like drinking alcohol, sampling drug substances, um, driving really fast, um, you know, driving fast on wet roads, um, getting into a fight, a fist fight, um, pulling a gun on someone, right? Like all of that is still risk-taking behavior. And there's a reason why it remains more common among teens than it does among adults because the adult has more at stake. Now there are still violent adults, right? Clearly, but the psychology is the same. The violent adult in that situation was willing to take that risk because whatever would be lost, they either didn't value it or they didn't value it as much as whatever the risk-taking behavior involved, right? But at the core of it, the person didn't feel like they were losing anything of value in their life. So that, I think, is going to be what needs to guide the solutions that are brought forward as far as um, reducing violence. I do believe that we need more restricted regulations on who can purchase guns, who can have them in certain spaces, because if we can reduce the number of guns that are actually out there, we reduce the number of violent crime. And we also reduce mass shootings and a whole plethora of other issues that plague our United States society as well as places around the world. However, as we have noticed for decades, we've been saying that we needed some sort of stricter regulations and nothing has happened because there's, it's been a complete split. Like the nation is split pretty much 50-50 and nothing has been getting done, nothing has been accomplished. So with that being said, let's look at other solutions that more people are willing to support, which is involved, what I, what I just mentioned, reducing um, the prevalence of risk-taking behavior. And how do you do that? Well, that is why people say investing in the communities and providing resources is the way to go because that is something the person doesn't want to lose access to. If that person feels like they have entertainment options, that they have safety and security and enjoyment options, and that if they went out and committed some sort of a violent act, whether it be fighting or stealing or shooting, they realize that they risk losing access to this thing that they enjoy. And so that right there, I believe, is where we need to focus our attention. 
Now, when it comes to um, adults and even some teens, the other issue is, um, do they feel like they have economic opportunity, right? If you have nothing, if you are struggling and suffering and you know, you see like everybody who looks like you ends up either, you know, uh, getting arrested, getting shot. Um, if you feel like you're more likely, like they live in poverty, um, and you feel like that's probably what's going to end up happening to you, what motivation do you have to protect anything about your path, right? If you feel like your choices are so limited, you're either going to have a low-wage job, you're going to have to rely on public assistance, or you might end up doing risk-taking behavior um, in order to, you know, get some quick money, um, and you put your life at risk, and those are your only options, imagine the depression and the the real like loss of just concern for yourself. And at the core of that, you lose concern for yourself, therefore you lose concern for anyone else because society has said, I'm pushing you to the corner. Um, so we also see this in communities where we have uh, increases in drug addiction as well as mental health issues. So in the United States, um, in the rural white community, there has been an increase in violence. People don't want to talk about it because it's not in the major cities, but there has been an increase in violence. Um, and there's damn sure been an increase in drug use. So very similarly, um, a lot of people in the rural white communities have said like, you know, the, the industries have shifted. Um, they're not feeling like they're equipped to participate in the current economy. Um, so once again, in that community, they see themselves as having limited options. Um, they look around them. What do they see? They see other people who are living in poverty. If you're a younger person, everybody you know, like or most people that you know, don't seem to be doing that well. Only a few of them. You have to hope that you got that really good job. Um, and, you know, or you see the people around you who are alcoholics, who are depressed. Um, and so, and once again, it increases that risk-taking behavior. You don't feel like you have anything to lose. So... We, we know, we hear the conversations, but there's not enough decision-making happening. And one thing that I'm trying to do in my state is get those actions going forward. And so that's why I'm in conversation with people and trying to just drop the information to the people who can actually put things into motion and continuing those conversations. Um, there are a lot of people out here doing this kind of work. This is the stuff that you don't see public the meetings that go on behind closed doors. Um, so there is opportunity out there. I want to encourage everyone that when you come to um, a politician, when you come to um, you know a person in, with some kind of asset, whether it be power or money, don't simply come with the complaint. Come with a solution. And not only come with a solution, but come to them with a plan of how it could work. So for example, um, we know for a fact that there are several people within the political community who want to see industry shifted in a way that provides more jobs, right? Okay, we need to also problem solve. There's this thing called, I think it's called red teaming or pre-mortems. I read an article on both and I love it and I've been implementing it ever since I read the article. But basically the idea is that you need to problem solve and think through the process. Let's imagine this, for example. Let's say that you live in uh, West Virginia and you decided, you know what, we're going to bring in this particular type of industry. It's going to bring jobs here. So within that, think about it. 
what if people start moving in from other states to take those jobs? Does that really end up helping the people in your state that are already there, already struggling? No, they're still going to be alienated, ostracized. Okay, so problem solving on this. Red team it, right? All right, so what, what happens when those things come there? Uh, are the people in that location aware that the jobs are available, number one? Are the people in that location, number two, tr properly trained to fulfill the roles of the jobs that are coming up? And I'm not just talking the grunt level work, right? I want to make sure that somebody in your community also has the capacity to be in the leadership position, making the big money. Because when you have somebody from your community in the leadership position at the job, at the whatever that big industry thing is, they're more likely to give a shit about the workers on, you know, on the ground floor, right? They're more likely to support them in their fight for improved work conditions, fair pay, and things like that. See, the issue is a lot of the time, whenever these types of like businesses come in and bring in jobs, they'll give jobs, sure, to like the lower rung people that live, like, you know, those, those ground level jobs, they'll give to the local community. But a lot of the time they bust in or fly in their people from other places to take the bigger paying jobs. And then whenever you run into any issues where you have disagreements between the ground level people and the upper management, this is where things come to a head because the upper management is not from the place. Okay, so problem solve it out. Make sure that your people are written into the contract and not just certain number of jobs. No, honey, I'm saying a certain number of jobs at every level should be coming from your community. Whatever community that is, whatever whatever state you're in, whatever city you're in, and have a way of documenting who that person is. Um, like saying, for example, okay, the business is planning to open up in 2022. So anybody who was already a resident of the state for at least a year prior to the opening of that business, they can apply as a resident of the state to get the job, right? Something like that. That way you increase the likelihood of people from that state getting that job. And that's just one of the options. Because a lot of times, like we see things, we see, you know, we hear about these tax breaks. It's like, okay, well, we're giving them tax breaks because it's bringing in jobs. Okay, that's cool. But make sure that it is well outlined. Because a lot of the time, the, the, the political leaders aren't thinking beyond, oh, okay, I'm bringing these jobs to my community. They're not thinking about all the details. Be there to think of all the details. Make sure that they know and understand. All right, additionally, there's a lot of money that is funneled into various cities around the country, including my city, New Orleans. And what I know to be true is the money isn't really spent in the way that you want it to be, not in an effective way. For example, we have lots of types of like programs and community centers and no knock on them at all because they are there to provide a service and to provide a resource. The thing is that they have not been envisioned in a way that is aimed at success because it's not really reaching a broad public and it's not really reaching them where they are. See, that's where there's a disconnect. If you have an increase in violence in your city, you have to ask questions. It's like, oh, well, we have the recreation centers. Well, apparently, it's not really reaching everybody. I work with teens, and a lot of my friends work with teens in various capacities, and one thing that we keep hearing across the board all around the country is 
the teenagers are bored. They don't have anything to do. So what if local officials meet with teens, young adults, and their mentors and craft something that's going to meet them where they are? Once again, providing the person, like if you don't want them to get involved in risk-taking behavior, providing them with something that actually fulfills them so they don't want to lose it by getting involved in that risk-taking behavior. So notice that I gave you two different arms of what is needed to properly attempt, like, and this isn't even the end of it, I'm sure that there's gonna be more, but these two particular arms of it, right? Economic opportunity and recreation opportunity. Those two things right there are vitally absent, or if they're not entirely absent, they're not properly present in these communities. And that's what needs to be addressed because people keep talking about it and they keep trying to talk about it as though it's on an individual level. People don't act the way that they do in isolation. It's the reason why I got my degree in both psychology and sociology was because I, I understood even at a young age that an individual's psychology is greatly impacted by the society in which they exist. And understanding that relationship between the two is vital to, to really healing and nurturing our nation because we can do better. We absolutely can do better and it needs to be better. Um, so whenever you think about this information, I just want you to share this with your city council people, but I also want you to remember the thesis statement of this, which is come to whoever it is with the resources, whether it be power or money or both, with the problem, the solution, and a strategy, like well outlined. Make sure that you red team that strategy so that you make sure that it properly embraces the people that you're wanting to uplift, okay? Whatever state you're in, whatever city you're in, whatever town you're in, make sure that you properly address the whole picture. Don't let things fall through because the way things are right now, yeah, they'll say, yeah, we got these solutions out here, but there's a lot of people falling through. There's a lot of holes in the bottom of that bag or that bucket. There's a lot of people slipping through. And it's the reason why we're seeing an increase in these things. We're, we're dealing with this pandemic, right? Things are starting to get a little bit calmer because more of us have been vaccinated and the hospitals are better able to treat um, the COVID response. And, but remember... Like, as I'm recording this, we're in the middle of 2021. People have been under lockdown for a little over a year with their lives being changed, things being different. So in addition to the already existing social issues, you've also got the additional frustration, the additional f feeling of uncertainty, discomfort. Think about it in terms of PTSD, because we're all sharing collective PTSD today. That's exactly what we're having. So in addition to our previous social ills, we have collective PTSD. This pandemic came out of left field. We did not see it coming. It's just like if you get involved in a violent event or a major traumatic event of, of like with a car accident, right? You didn't see it coming. It blindsides you and, and you come out of it for a while. You're not really able to function the same because you're still on guard. So even though you may be laughing and joking and having a good time with your family and friends, there's still in the back of your mind, there's a little bit of that insecurity because COVID showed you that, hey, the world isn't as certain as you might want it to be. 
okay? So we live in a world of a lot of uncertainty. The one thing that we can actually impact directly without these outside influences is bringing in these types of resources and outlining them very well and implementing them very well for our communities. That's something that we can do. So that way, our communities are safer and more stable. And then when the bullshit happens that we can't control, like disease or a natural disaster, the community is whole and connected and better able to address those things. So that's my piece on it. If you felt inspired by this conversation, please share this episode with you know anyone that you feel needs to hear it. Share it with you know your political leaders uh, because something needs to be done. And if we really truly want a, a secure, comfortable society that's gonna be sustainable, we have to address these things. As always, this is Word of a Rebel and I'm here for empowerment. Be sure to hit me up on TikTok, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, at Word of a Rebel. Feel free to drop me a message there. Let me know what your thoughts are. What are you doing in your local community? Drop notes on that. What are you doing in your local community? I want to hear from you guys. What are some ideas for how we can properly address these needs in our community? Peace.